Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. It's time to wake up with a nice cup of morning roast. Featuring the Billmore's finest, Monte Hill. <laughs> Hello there. No, this is not Bonte Hill, uh, as evident by the lack of O Baby. This is not Joe Shasky, nor is this Joe Spadoni. Sam Lubman here in the H chair on the morning roast on 95.7 The Game. Usually I'm behind the glass producing this show, but I said, you know what? Hey, Matt Nahegan. You don't do anything during the day. Let's have you work behind the glass today, and I'll host the show, because uh, we need to keep you busy. You're just you're just meandering around the office all the time. Uh, also here with me is uh, FP Santangelo. I love these kind of shows I get to do with FP, this being the first one, because it is the first, in my knowledge, all Canes broadcast Ooh. here at 95.7 The Game. We got some Canes up in here, FP. We got some Canes whoosh, whoosh. over here. Whoosh, whoosh. Man, where, yeah, you went. To, I never liked where, that you one. go to my? You went to Miami when? What year? Uh, twenty eleven. Oh God, I didn't even. Why did I ask? <laughs> I, I went. There. I got there in twenty eleven. Actually, the the day I got, you remember the the, the whole Nevin Shapiro scandal when no. that thing went down? No. What is? Oh, it? really? You don't remember that one? No. OBD's paying that football player. Yeah, he was like paying for like yacht trips, <laughs> and and someone got an abortion in there. Like it was this whole Miami <laughs> wow. scandal thing where it. it Basically, this whole thing broke the day I got to Miami to move on to campus. Like, I kid you not, FP. Uh, I flew out that morning with my dad to, you know, we're going to go move in. We were going to stay at the Biltmore, which is really, you know, fancy hotel just north of campus in, uh, in Coral Gables. And uh, we get to the hotel, and I go to turn the TV on. And the first thing I see on the TV in the hotel is the U logo on SportsCenter and Kirk Herbstreit talking about the death penalty because of this whole thing that just broke Basically, while we were flying across the country from San Francisco to Miami, and I'm moving into campus, and there's news trucks all over the place. Like, this is one of the biggest scandals in college football history, and it's just exploding literally right outside the dorm that I'm moving into. What is going on here? Basically, that's what I was saying. What am I getting myself into? What is, like, I wanted to go to Miami because of the football history. Now I'm hearing that could get taken away. Obviously, it all worked out for the best because... I don't want to get into that whole story. It was a whole song and dance that Miami and the NC2A had to do there. But uh, yeah, I uh, I arrived to the University of Miami under a massive, massive cloud of scandal, which uh, I don't know, that was probably around too when you when you were there back in the uh, early 90s. 
Yeah, the players drove brand new Mercedes. I know that. No, it was with their you know hard earned money that they got at their off campus jobs. Dude, but my my fondest memory, including the College World Series of being a hurricane, was being on the sidelines at Notre Dame for Catholics versus convicts. Oh, and, and we man. we played the Irish in fall ball games on Thursday and Friday. They had the whole Notre Dame band at a fall baseball game at their stadium with cheerleaders on the dugout. I had just gotten there, and I'm like, "What the hell's going on?" It was awesome. And then Coach Frazier, the late Ron Frazier, who's a a, a baseball coaching legend, um, got us sideline passes for the game. We we saw the fight in the tunnel. We saw Cleveland Gary was we were right in that end zone. And he was down. He it, 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 it was yeah. Ground can't cause a fumble. But one of the greatest college football games in the history of the sport. We were at the game on the sidelines. I could not care less. It was great. I know. I think we, a lot of people nobody care about that. One of the great less. games. I care, and that's all that matters. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, no, that was. I always remember watching the 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 U documentary, the first one, and uh, the line that was repeating. You know, Jimmy Johnson saying after the game, "You do not go to South Bend and put the game in the refs' hands." And uh, sure. the reason I bring that up is because before we went to the break, uh, one of our callers mentioned all the holding calls in the Super Bowl that went uncalled or. Uh, there was the the ineligible man downfield that we saw uh, on the last play of the game that wasn't called, and I see a lot of people complaining about those calls. You know, if, you know, I've seen all the the Bosa holds. I saw them during the game. You cannot go to the biggest stage in the NFL and put the game in the refs' hands. So that's why when people complain about the lack of holding calls or the lack of this calls or the lack of that calls. The refs are going to ref. If you're banking on the refs to save your ass in a, in a big-time football game, you don't deserve to win that football game. The only game. time you complain about the refs is when your team loses. That's you're true, you're yeah. looking to, uh, I don't know, justify the loss. You're looking for a reason why they lost. You're trying to grieve the loss. Like No one call really determines the outcome of a game, unless it's just the most obvious, blatant, last-play-of-the-game call. So you look you look for reasons why your team lost. It helps you it helps you move forward. It, yeah. hel- it helps you get just, over the loss. I I've never heard a fan say like the refs were brutal and they come on a radio show and talk about officiating, umpiring, whatever it is when your team wins. Yeah, I just it seems like when when you're putting on the like the games are won by the men on the field. Yes, the refs they do have an impact on it. To me, it just always feels like yeah, you're you're looking for a reason, you're looking for a scapegoat. But when it comes to to pinning it on the refs. If you play well enough, the refs will not have an impact. And I, and I, no one ever wants to see the refs have impacts on games. And that illegal man downfield, you're never going to get that flag thrown on the last play of the Super Bowl like that. Like no ref wants to be in that position. Um, I always think back as you're bringing it up, you know, the the, the refs, you know, deciding the factors. The the end of the uh, NLDS in Game Five when Wilmer Flores struck out on that check swing. Uh, I always believe that should have been called a ball. You should never end a, a playoff series like that on a questionable call like that. Let the players end the game. But at the same time, Giants, they had opportunities earlier in that game to score runs. And uh, the, the goal is you want to play well enough to where no matter what the refs do, that their impact does not impact the result. It does not impact your ability to win the game. And so just when I see people complain about the refs, like I'm not dismissing the complaints about the refs. I'm just saying like I just I'm not gonna put my hat on that. Like there's there's more important reasons why the Niners lost in the Super Bowl. Uh and, and it wasn't the refs. So um we were putting putting kind of putting a bow on that conversation there because I do want to switch over to some warriors here uh in this eight o'clock hour. Um FP Steph Curry or no it's not Steph Curry Brandon Pajemski uh, was in the Rising Stars game uh, during this All-Star weekend. Uh, I don't know if you caught any of the Rising Stars game at all. I think that was on Friday night. 
Um, I, I did not. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's watching anything during NBA All Star Weekend is is tough these days. Um, but Brandon Pajemski, after uh, the Rising Stars practice, I thought put some like incredible pressure on himself about being the guy who succeeds Steph Curry's role with the Warriors. Here's what he had to say about that. You know, he did a really good job of the first day I was a Warrior, just reaching out and FaceTiming me and talking with me, just kind of opened that, that relationship up uh, to start. And, um, you know, he's been a great vet towards me. Um, and anything I've ever needed on the court, off the court, he's been there to take care of me. So, you know, super appreciative and thankful for that. Um, but, you know, when he retires and how many ever years that may be, um, I feel like it's my job to fulfill, you know, what he's doing. So hearing that, hearing a guy like Bram Pajemski, he's a rookie out of Santa Clara, not a very heralded rookie coming into this year. He was kind of bumpy at the beginning of the year, but he's really endeared himself to Warrior fans as this season's gone on. You hear him come out and say that, yeah, he kind of wants that to fill that Steph Curry role. FP, when you hear a guy like that want to take up that kind of a role, what's your first thought when you hear him say something like that? Well, I love the confidence that he has, but it's not arrogance. I love the the swagger that he plays the game with. I, I, I love how hard he plays the game of basketball every single night. In that Rising Stars game you're talking about, his quotes after the game that he was shocked that people were on that kind of a stage and they didn't give an effort. It blew him away. The G League players did, he said, but like the rising star rookies in the NBA didn't. And he said, we have to care more. I'm like, what? I love everything about this kid. He's the guy that I go to the games to watch besides Steph, Clay, and Dre right now. And when you talk about the Warriors went to Santa Clara to scout somebody else, and then they saw Pajemski, and they said he's a number one pick. When you saw that, you know, he's he's he had a lackluster summer league, but who cares? But he came into camp talking trash. Like this guy, even, even uh, Draymond says, he talks S all day, that's all he do. Like, I love a guy that exudes that kind of confidence. And he's walking the talk, too. And when you talk to Steve Kerr, we interview him every week here on our air, that, that, that's his guy. Like, he loves that guy because he's a basketball player. He's a gym rat. He's diving on the floor. He's boxing out. He's rebounding. He's running the offense. He's taking the open jumpers. There's nothing. I had no idea about this kid. And now he's one of my favorite Warriors to watch play. Not because of his talent level, but I love I love the confidence that he's exhibiting. He, he knows his game plays at any level. Maybe he didn't know that at first, but we've got to watch him grow up this year a lot like Kaminga. Kaminga changed in one month, like when you see guys change in three years, like because he believes in himself. And at the highest level, you have to have the belief in your ability that, hey, my game plays. Can you imagine being a rookie in the NBA on any team? But can you imagine being a rookie in the NBA with Steph Curry right there and Klay Thompson right there? Arguably the two greatest shooters, not even arguably, the two greatest shooters that have ever played in the NBA in a team with four rings, and maybe at certain venues and certain occasions and get-togethers, they put the rings on? Like, you get called up to the Pittsburgh Pirates, okay. You get called up to the New York freaking Yankees, that's a whole different story. Like, Brandon Pajemski got called up to the, the, the most internationally known franchise in NBA right now. And he's playing like he's been there for five years. This guy's amazing. And for him to say that he wants to take over, for, I want him to say that. I want him to say he wants to be a Hall of Famer. I want him to say he wants to be an All-Star, which he said during All-Star Weekend. Like These are goals that confident players should all have. But he's not in your face like, oh my God, this guy. He just goes out and balls out every single night. He's 20 years old. Like he, He's not even legal yet, I think. I don't think he's 21 yet. No, no, I think... Uh, let me probably pull that up. Right? Uh, yeah, well, he can't even years. have a beer with his teammates. No, he can't. 
And he's and he has this confidence. I love the kid. I love the, where the Warriors are going. They're one game over five hundred. They've won eight out of ten. They're they're playing with a different energy, a different passion, a different synergy than they had early in the season. And if, we we could talk about Steve Kerr, and a lot of people like to the question Steve Kerr. At the end of this thing, I don't think you're you're always judged by having a parade. Sometimes your best job as a coach is getting your team through the adversity of a coach dying, getting your team through a suspension of one of your best players, getting your team through choppy waters. Like sometimes bumpy roads lead to beautiful places. And this road for Steve Kerr as a coach this year has been super bumpy. And all of a sudden, they're starting to come out on the other side of that. Mm -hmm. Where this goes, are they going to break our hearts and take one step forward, two steps back, like they have all year? I don't know. But like, there's a, a lot of been talk about is Steve Kerr the coach for the Warriors in the future? Absolutely, he might be doing. People are going to roll their eyes in traffic right now. His best job as a coach this year, because yeah. it's not always about rotations and this and that. It's about getting men through tough times. It's about standing up and being a leader when Coach Decky died and addressing your team. It's about talking to your team about Draymond Green. It's about Kaminga going public with, I want to play more. Like He, he has navigated and negotiated this team through, through, through a tough time times 10 this year. Yeah. If I'm Steve Kerr at the end of the year and I go deep into the playoffs, I might smoke a big fat cigar, drink a bottle of champagne and say, you know what? This is my best year as a head coach in the NBA. Yeah, and I, I like what you say there, especially is I've people I've criticism I've heard a lot of Steve Kerr in the past is a lot of people like to get on him saying that they like to criticize his X's and O's. Shasky and I, we've had lots of conversations about, you know, the 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 plays that Steve Kerr will draw will draw up coming out of a timeout, uh, and the issues he has there, his issues with the rotations, uh, the issues with getting Kaminga or Moody into the lineup. I was at the you know the game, you know, a few weeks ago. When during the game you started having Moses Moody chants in the crowd because fans were just so frustrated with with Steve Kerr's apparent refusal to to play Moody uh, for the Warriors. Um, speaking of the Warriors, just want to remind everyone it is a Warriors Wednesday, which is brought to you by Freedman's Appliance, a trusted name since 1922. Visit freedmansappliance.com today. Um, but I agree with you, kind of in, in in the wake of Coach Decky's passing. Uh, one of Kerr's biggest uh, uh, strengths as a head coach has always been his ability to manage people, manage relationships. Um, and he is, the way he's been able to have guys locked in in the, in the face of that tragedy, and we were talking earlier in the show about, you know, how, how guys in the Niners bounce back in the wake of Dre Greenlaw being injured, or when you were talking about when you were on the A's in 2001, having to kind of immediately bounce back in the wake of Jermaine Dye injuring himself on a foul ball off his shin. That's nothing compared to the kind of tragedy the Warriors have had to go through this year. And, you know, Steve Kerr, he's got 29 games left on his contract, 29 regular season games left on his contract. So he doesn't have a deal for next year. He is a lame duck coach right now. And, you know, looking ahead to this, the second, you know, half, quote unquote, so to speak of the season, you know, if this is it for Steve Kerr, I, Warrior fans really try to take a moment to appreciate just what this guy has meant to this organization. It's not, not going to be in, it for Steve Kerr. I'm not, not going to do any goodbyes to Steve Kerr right now. This is not it for him. You don't think so? He's his best coach in the NBA. Look at the resume. He is. Yeah. Why do you think he doesn't have a deal yet then? I mean, that's that's not my call. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 the one thing I would say, it, unless you're in the building, unless you're in the room, mm -hmm. you don't know what's going on 
if you're just going to games as a fan, and fans are right to feel however they want to feel, but unless you're in the building and you know what's going on in practice, you know what's going on in the locker room, you know the dynamic between the players, you know what's being That's said, true. what's not being said, you know confidence level, you know injury level. When, when you're when you're the head coach of any team at the highest level, you know if a guy's soft. You know if a guy's bitching. You got to know if a guy's moaning. You know if a guy's moping. You know if a guy's confident. You know if a guy's not confident. You know if a guy's soft. If he's on the table all the time. You know all these things. Unless you're in the room, you don't know what's going on. And if you're going to criticize a guy that's won four rings and it's maybe doing his best job as an NBA coach this year with what he's had to negotiate and navigate through, like I, 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 I. I I can't criticize, and I've never been. I've never been in my life, and I feel it's a reason why I was successful as an athlete of blaming a coach for anything. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people have had bad experiences in high school or college, or at whatever level with coaches. So their first card is to blame the coach. Like I'm going to blame the coach. It's a coach's fault. It's Kyle Shanahan's fault. It's Steve Kerr's fault. It's Bruce Bochy's fault. I did a radio show in 2010 when I fielded calls for two weeks on fire Bruce Bochy, fire Bruce Bochy who won three World Series. The Giants had lost 9 out of 10 in July. I was fielding calls every single day. And I said, you could call the show and say you want him fired, but who's your replacement? Who yeah. do you think is better than Bruce Bochy? So if you want to fire Steve Kerr, and that's your take, or you want to fire Kyle Shanahan, who's better? Who's yeah. your replacement? Tell me who's better than those two coaches right now. And if you can find somebody that's better than those two coaches, come on the show, tell me they should be fired. But if, I, if I'm looking at it objectively, there is nobody out there that's better than Kyle Shanahan. There is nobody available out there that's better than Steve Kerr. Well, I think, I was, and, and to your point there in cards to why you don't move off Steve Kerr, a big part of it is just he's got the biggest defender he could possibly have in the building in Stephen Curry. I can't imagine Steph Curry wants to move off Steve Kerr. Steph Curry, he probably wants to keep this core together as much as he can. Uh, so much so that he was on uh, with Malika Andrews for uh, ESPN uh, the other day, and he was asked about keeping uh, you know the big three together, him, Clay, and Draymond together. Here's what he had to say about that. A hundred percent, and I think that's always been a motivator for us. And I think the way that we talk about it is, you want to not only end our career as a warrior. Not only continue to you know, compete at a very high level, but you want to end it the right way. I think we've been through a lot this year, and uh, you know the three of us, especially you know, with Draymond's uh, absence for a while, with Clay, you know, mm-hmm. taking on a new role, um, the new cast of characters that we have that are you know right alongside us in this journey. I think it's extremely possible to accomplish both. Um, you know, we just have to, you know, protect the identity of who we are yeah. um, as best we can. And I think we're we're moving in that right direction. So obviously, he wants to keep his big three together. Um, I would love, obviously, love to see the big three stay together and and keep winning together. FP, we've been kind of you know tossing the question around, you know, the big picture of you know how close are our Bay Area teams are to being at that championship level. We did a lot of time on the Niners about that. When it comes to the Warriors, though, uh, you know we had Nick Ferdell on yesterday. He said that he thinks the Warriors can obviously make noise in the playoffs. He doesn't see them coming out of the West, though. With the Warriors are at right now, how far away do they feel? Does it feel they are from from a title? And is the fastest way to that title keeping these three together, or is it maybe again blowing it up a little bit, retooling and, and finding other options out there to partner up with Steph? Would you rather keep the big three together? And not win another title, or go out and say the LeBron James flirting, 
and get a guy like him and win another title. I think it comes down to how badly do you want... If you broke up the big three. Yeah, if you broke up the big... Yeah, basically, do you want to see Steph win another ring with someone else? Or are you okay with, you know, the big three just kind of going off into the sunset together without any new championships? That's what I want to hear from our audience. 888-957-9570. What matters to you more? Getting Steph Curry that fifth ring that will put him above LeBron James, put him one under Jordan, or do you want to see... The big three of Steph, Clay, and Dre just kind of go off into the sunset together. For me, I I hate playing this 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 both sides argument here, but I, I I'm torn on this one because as a fan, I love seeing my guys play together. Like even at the end with the Giants, I love seeing guys like Brandon Crawford and Brandon Bell, Hunter Pence, Pablo Sandoval. Like I love seeing those guys who we saw win still playing together, but I hate watching them lose together. You know, like. It felt like with the Giants, we, we, we've called them you know, the forever Giants on this show because they just th- those Giants years felt like they held on to those guys for a little too long, and it, it kind of set them back a little bit in terms of the rebuild that they you know underwent when Farhan Zaidi arrived here. The thing I don't want to see with the Warriors is I just don't want to see the Warriors slip back into the, the days of suck that were you know around during the Chris Cohen era. I just don't want to see that. And my fear is that if you just kind of ride it out with these big three and they don't win anything you set yourself up for an even harder road back down the line. But then, I don't know, I guess if you kind of try to build around Steph Curry too, you're going to have to give up assets and you'll be in that same situation regardless. So I don't know, maybe the Warriors are kind of damned if they do, damned if they don't in terms of the future. But as far as what I like to see right now, though, I kind of lean towards just let's try and get Steph a ring. To be honest, I feel like another ring makes the, the what comes after a little bit easier to deal with. Loyalty doesn't win games. I, I I think you can get to a point where if your ownership or front office, you feel like you owe these guys, right? They all the great times, all the the championships. Look at all the jewelry we have. Look at the parades, and then you reward them because you become emotional, and you reward them because they're great. They're the greatest. They're at the top of the mountain. Now you have these deals and contracts that eventually you're gonna have to pay the price for whether it's the Giants and aging players, whether it's the Warriors and aging players. And I think right now what you're seeing with Steve Kerr by putting Clay Thompson as a sixth man and put him on the bench, come off the bench, he, he maybe, like, the, the one criticism I would have of Dusty Baker, and I love him more than anybody I've come across in baseball, and I respect him, sometimes you're loyal to a fault. Meaning, like, this guy did so much for me, I'm going to let him maybe play a little bit too long. Maybe I'm going to stick with him a little bit too much because that's what makes Dusty Baker such a great person. Maybe that's what makes Steve Kerr such a great person in the locker room to get the most out of his players, that you're loyal to a fault. These guys won me four championships. This is the best shooter on the planet for a while. And now I have to make him the Now I have to put him on the bench. Like So you can be loyal to a fault. Loyalty doesn't win you games. It does win you over with players. But there comes a point when you have to realize that winning is the name of the game and winning is maybe more important than being loyal like it loyalty as a character is a beautiful thing in anybody right if you're a loyal person yeah. i can count on you and i know that you're going to be there for me but like in sports sometimes and i'm saying this with love sometimes this this can get in the way yeah uh let's 
keep uh, on with this on the other side, though. We are up against it. Uh, what's coming up the game is brought to you by Safeway. Uh, what comes to the Warriors, what matters more to you? Getting Steph one more ring or keeping the big three together? Steph wants to keep the big three together. I'm curious to what you, the callers, have to say. 888-957-9570. Mark, Melinda, Uncle Gene, I see you guys. We'll get to you on the other side. It's Sam Lubman. It's FP Santangelo. It's the Morning Roast. It's 95.7 The Game. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Dub Nation. It's GP2 here. The Morning Roast with Bonte Hill and Joe Shasti is live on YouTube and Twitch right now. Time for you to like and subscribe. What's up, GP2? Uh, unfortunately, though, it's not Bonte Chasky on the morning roast. It's uh, Sam Lubbin and FP Santangelo. Got the backups in today. We're platooning in, as I like to say, with uh, Matt and Hegan on the board and Evan Giddings back there behind the glass helping him out. You get your day in the sun, you got to shine, Sam. You're shining. Exactly. You're, That's you're what we're doing it. You're doing it. You're this is your first time running a show, driving the show. You're driving the big bus, prime time, everybody going to the work. Going to work today, and, and you haven't driven it off the cliff yet, so you're doing good. Well, that's good. You know, it's you're uh, doing great. I like to consider myself the uh, the Waymo cars of uh, of drivers here. Um, we were talking <laughs> about Waymo cars earlier in the show, so if you missed that uh, that conversation, that reference probably doesn't make any sense to you. Shout out relevant references. That's what I love. Dude, uh, I flipped off a driverless car once. It was, a, it, it was, I forget if it was a cruiser or a Waymo, but it was sitting in the intersection. It was just sitting in the middle of the intersection. I drove around it, honked and flipped it off and there was nobody in there. And I just like, I've reached an all how, new how, low. How silly just, did you feel I there? just flipped nobody off. The future is incredible. Yeah, it was embarrassing. Um, you know what else is incredible is all these people on the lines. 888-957-9570. We've been talking Warriors. Uh, Steph Curry, he wants to keep the big three together. Uh, what matters more, keeping the big three together or getting him a ring? Uh, I want to talk to our 2023 Roaster of the Year, Uncle Gene in Oakland. Gene, my guy, how are we doing today? <laughs> I'm doing great, Sam. Uh, FP. Yeah, so listen, um, first of all, I think they're one and the same, but I'll get to that in a minute. 
Um, FP, I think you're, I think you're right. I think this may very well be, uh, Steve Kerr's best year. I mean, I want to see how it plays out the rest of the 20 something games, uh, before I make a judgment. Up to now, I felt like the, the last, uh, uh, year they won the, the championship was, was his best. Um, by contrast, last year was his worst. <laughs> and I think he's more or less admitted to it. Uh, you know, started off, of course, with the punch and the, uh, not holding uh, Green accountable, and the whole sort of locker room going south after that and the team with it. Uh, this year, I think he's learned from his mistakes. I think he's handling people better. Uh, he's more, more patient with the young players, and you can see the difference that's made. He's also been patient with people like Wiggins when everybody wanted to ship him out. Some weeks ago, he said, listen, the guy just needs to get back in his rhythm. He's been having problems physically and emotionally, and in time, he will. You'll see the, the old wigs back, and I think we're starting to see that. Um, he's, he also stuck, stood up for uh, uh, our favorite guy, Draymond Green, and you know, sure enough, he came back, and the whole team has turned around as a result. So, uh, no, he's done a great job, um, Mr. Lakeup. If you're listening. Sign this guy up, for Christ's sake. He deserves it. We need him. Now, as far as keeping the big three together, <clears throat> I've said many times, and I continue to say, once one of these big three is not around or not available or just not playing at a high level, uh, that's officially the end of the dynasty as far as I'm concerned. Um, they're more than just three great future Hall of Fame players. They are they're a brotherhood, all right? They love each other. They know each other. They've been together for, I believe, about 11 years now. And they feed off of each other, okay? They play for each other. So, you know, when Curry is saying, no, I want to keep the big three together, you know, it's not just a sentimental thing. I think it really, you know, gets to the heart of why they've been champions. So, no, I want to see them stay together, and I I really believe it's it's still their best chance of winning a championship. Good stuff, Gene. Really appreciate that call there. Uh, a lot of good stuff there with uh, what Gene was saying. That's just what he usually does. Uh, Gene always brings the heat. I'm, uh, I'm a little. Uh, yeah, I was a little in shock. <laughs> That's why he's our. He was our roaster of the year last year. Uh, so again, if you missed it, um, this is what Steph Curry. He was on with Malika Andrews of ESPN, and uh, he was asked about keeping the big three together. And this is what he had to say. And this is kind of what we're talking about right now. A hundred percent. And I think that's always been a motivator for us. And. I think the way that we talk about it is we want to not only end our career as a warrior, not only continue to you know, compete at a very high level, but you want to end it the right way. I think we've been through a lot this year, and uh, you know the three of us, especially you know, with Draymond's uh, absence for a while, with Clay you know, mm-hmm. taking on a new role, um, the new cast of characters that we have that are you know right alongside us in this journey. I think it's extremely possible to accomplish both. Um, you know, we just have to, you know, protect the identity of who we are yeah. um, as best we can. And I think we're we're moving in that right direction. One party says in there is trying to end this the right way. You know, I almost kind of feel like it's when it comes to either just we're, we've been doing this either or thing, and I hate staying on the fence and kind of playing this both sides argument. But I feel like I kind of am on this one. I would obviously love to see Steph get another title. Um, but if it really does end where it's just, it's the big three together, like, I don't even think Warrior fans really be that upset with it. I mean, maybe down the line, I don't know, maybe, but like, 
right now, the idea of keeping the three of them together and just enjoying these good times that we have with them. And hopefully Kerr comes back next year. Um, I, I would expect him to, I think it's weird that he doesn't have a deal now. I think he should have a deal now. The only thing that gives me pause is we played this game with Bob Myers last year where it was just like, Oh, come on. Of course he's going to be back. Right. Why wouldn't he be back? But then as the year went, you know, long more and more and you didn't get that deal, you started getting the whole, well, maybe this is just a good time for him to get out. And then he does end up getting out. Um, but I'm in a position where it's just like, is, is there any, like, would Warrior fans really be up? What's, what's the best way to phrase this? I don't know. Do you think Warrior fans, would there be any Warrior fans who would be upset if they did just keep the big three together and they don't win another title? Like, are the good memories enough to to satisfy Warrior fans if that is indeed the, the direction that the Warriors decide to go with? Well, I like what Steph said about you can do both. I would be, I would think it'd be hard pressed to find a Warriors fan right now that says break up the big three. Like, if you're out there and you're a Dubs fan, you're just like, yeah, let's get rid of Clay right now. Let's get rid of Draymond. Well, they're, they're, there was a exist. little bit of Draymond, get rid of Draymond when he got suspended. And, and I felt that doing sports talk. Oh, I was one of those people, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I, and I, I, I was too, and I think I was wrong on that. Um, uh, probably. I, I, I was. I, I was. Availability is a t- is is huge. I need to know that my guy's going to be there for me. I need to know that he's going to be available for me to compete with. And if I didn't know if he's going to be there, I thought that was, you know, that's a big thing. But now he's there, and you can see the difference he makes. He's still animated. He's still playing with passion. But I, is there anybody out there that thinks they should break them up? I'd be curious to hear if there's anyone. Yeah, I don't, if, I don't think Give me the reason to break... I think the reason, if you do break them up, yeah. it's because there is someone who you can, out there, who you can pair with Steph Curry... Who let, let me say this. If Draymond Green and Clay Thompson are not back next year for whatever reason, you know, and whoever's brought in to replace them helps Steph win another championship, no one's gonna be crying and complaining that Steph won a championship with two other superstars rather than the big three. Will it hit the same as maybe the first four title did titles did? Maybe not, because it's gonna be a completely different cast of characters, but like Laker fans, when you know they they went through Kobe winning three titles in the early two thousands, three in a row, and then Kobe won two more at the end of the two thousands with almost with a pretty much entirely different team around him. You don't see anybody being like those titles were better than the other ones. It was just we got one of the truly great basketball players in NBA history the championships that he deserved. You know there was no like let's try and keep you know all those guys you know shacking them together. It was, let's build around Kobe and win with Kobe. And no one complains about that. And I like to think that if it was a situation where, forget Clay, forget Draymond, let's just go find options out there and put them around Steph and win with them, Warrior fans would absolutely embrace that and roll with it because winning winning cures everything. Um, I do want to go out to the lines and talk to Melinda in Oakland. Melinda, where are you on keeping the big three together? I agree with Steph Curry. I think they should stay together. And um, uh, Clay has his good days. Um, Draymond has his good days. Um, he might uh, have a little temper here and there, but that's okay. But uh, uh, Steph is still on fire. If they could get another guy like Kevin Durant, that'd be great. But Kevin Durant, um, he had too much ego, so he had to have his own uh, star. So. So we can get another person like him, that'd be great. But uh, we're doing a lot better, so uh, I think we should uh, keep the big three together, and I agree with Steph Curry. Yeah, I mean, obviously... It's the, a great voice. Yeah. Can you call back? <laughs> 
Oh, she's still on the line? Melinda's still there? That was a great voice. Uh, No, no, she's gone. All right. Um, She should have her own show. Yeah. Again, I just... I'm kind of curious if if this was it. No more championships. I know Nick Friedle, he he he's was on the the show with us yesterday. In the past, he said, you know, Warrior fans, I hope you enjoyed that title the other year because that might be the last one. That was the bonus title that uh, no one expected you to get. I mean, if this really was it for this run, would Warrior fans be upset? Were they? Is there a feeling like, oh man, we really left a lot on the table there? Like, I grew up a long time Warrior fan. Like, I've been going to Warrior fans Warrior games since I was like five years old. You know, I I remember. You know, I'd always ask my dad. You know. What, this was back when Thunder, the mascot, was was doing things for the Warriors. I don't know. Did you ever see Thunder, the mascot? Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. I love Thunder. And I remember asking him one day, you know, I was like five or six years old, Dad, why doesn't Thunder suit up for this team? Like, he's routinely, every night, the best player on the floor in between, you know, breaks and stuff like that. Um, that's how bad it was with the Warriors back then, where I'm asking why the mascot can't help. Again, I was, I was six years old. I didn't know better. Um, I sat through some really drab days as a warrior fan i remember when i got to miami you know i tell people i'm a warrior fan like oh where are they like no one even knew the warriors played because he was in golden state warriors there wasn't a city no one knew that they were in the bay area but then by the time i graduated everybody knew who the warriors were because that was when they were winning their first championship so for me as a longtime warrior fan when they just won that first one that was enough for me um the three on top of that is gravy if this really is it like if they're really like as gene said he kind of said this is the end of the dynasty if there were no more championships and it was just, let's just see, you know, the big three play out these next three, four years, I'd honestly be okay with that uh, because I feel very satisfied as a Warrior fan in terms of what this core has gotten me. I don't know, FP, if, if, if you feel a similar th- way. Their roles could change. Like, Steph's always going to be Steph. I mm-hmm. don't care. I, I feel like Steph's going to be like Tom Brady. He's going to play to like 40. Like, I, I don't think his role will ever change. But maybe you keep him and you add pieces and you watch... Kaminga and Pajemski uh, kind of take over at, in, in, in sort of slow fashion and you add some really good pieces to the puzzle. Uh, I, I don't know who at this point, but I, yeah. I, dude, it, it's not like these guys can't play anymore. They no. can still play. They just need to be in a, different roles. At a yeah. high level. I mean, Clay just showed us what kind of a, I think, man he is versus a player he is by accepting that role, coming off the bench, throwing in 35. Yeah. Like it, that that as 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 a guy that's got Hall of Fame resume to say okay I'll be a six man, and after seven hundred plus games of starting, after twelve years comes off the bench for the first time and pours in thirty five and accepts the role and embraces the role and you could tell this guy's authentic he's not going to just give you like lip service with quotes in the media mm-hmm. I mean he tells us too much sometimes. And for him to say that, like, you know, this is okay, and I'm embracing this role, and I talked to Steve about it, and then then put up the numbers to back it up, I don't know if it's going to be a full-time thing. I don't think it will be, by the way. Um, maybe it will. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. But, like, these guys still can play. I feel like we're, like, throwing... Yeah, well, I don't want to use that analogy. I, I think, we're like, we're kind of alluding to that they can't play anymore. They, what Steph said, they can keep them together and still win. Can they win a championship? Oh boy. I I I don't know if I'm going to go out that far on a limb, but they're trending in the right direction to do some damage in the playoffs. They're trending in the right direction to be make maybe a 6 or a 7 if it's all said and done. They keep playing. I go I go to energy, effort, body language and defense. To me defense is an attitude as an NBA player. Defense is something that you just either you're going to do because you want to or you're not going to do. 
yeah, are there more talented defenders because of foot speed and, 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 and rotation and knowledge of how it works? Yeah. But like if you playing defense to me is effort. And they're starting to give ever since Coach Decky passed away, unfortunately, this team has played at a different energy level. And it's been a consistent level. And I don't know if they're doing it for him or they're doing it because it was just plain embarrassing the way they were going about it early in the season. But they're playing defense now. Like, they're rebounding. The turnovers, I think, are always going to be there. The turnovers are hard to watch sometimes, but whatever with that. Well, that's always been a feature of of the Warriors' style of play. Going back to... The very beginning of this run, you know, it was always like they, the way they move the ball, the, the amount of ball movement that's in it, there's going to be turnovers, especially with just how fast they play. The problem with the turnovers is that when in the past they had enough talent to overcome those turnovers, when you got, you know, Steph, Clay, Dre, and KD on the floor together, you know, 10 turnovers ain't going to hurt you because you got guys who can, yeah. you know, turn a 20 point deficit into a five point lead in the blink of an eye. The problem comes is when the talent isn't enough to overcome those turnovers, but you know, yeah. To your point, kind of what they've been doing the last few weeks in terms of how much damage they can do in the playoffs. Um, Nick Friedle, you know, he he joined us yesterday, and uh, he likes if if the Warriors do run into a, a young team like uh, the the Thunder or or the Timberwolves, he kind of likes what the Warriors can do a- against them in a series. Here's what we had to say about that. If you're playing against a Thunder or a, a Timberwolves team that just hasn't been there and certainly hasn't been there together. Hell yeah, the Warriors with with the championship pedigree that they've got, uh, with Draymond locked in for now, uh, playing the way that he is, absolutely they have a chance. So I'm kind of curious to you, FPS, as someone who's who's been in you know professional clubhouses with professional athletes, how much does just the the know how that veteran know how help on those big stages? The fact that you know with the Warriors they do go into the playoffs. They would be one of the most, if not the most, playoff-tested team in the entire field. I mean, how much does that simple know-how, how far can that really carry you, though? I mean, you still have to execute, right? I mean, you still have mm-hmm. to go out there and get it done. But I feel like, you know, if you've been there, done that, that you live for those moments when when Draymond says, I don't start playing until March or whatever. Like, that's not saying he's not trying before that. It just sees we've played so many games that matter so much. That sometimes it's hard to get motivated for a regular season game when you've won four championships, mm-hmm. and that's where you like separate the true professional from the guy that's just out there. And I think if you've been in championship scenarios, which I never was as a player, but I've saw a lot of guys that were, they're able to control their pulse easier. If you've been there, done that, Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. Derek Jeter comes to mind. He was just playing baseball games in October where we were all just play the playoffs. Mm-hmm. We're playing the playoffs. Let's go. And he's just like going out there, going through the the routine. The routine doesn't change for guys that have been there, done that. Because there's exterior distractions. There's tickets. There's all kinds of media that you have to do. There's interviews. There's this. There's that. Uh, the, the, the stage is elevated. There's something to be said for being the only game on. And, and your peers watching you, which is where I felt the most pressure in the playoffs, is where like, all of all of my peers are watching me today. Like every single baseball player in the major leagues is turning on this game and watching me. When you're playing, however, fifteen games a night or whatever it is, you, you see highlights of your your bros on their other teams. But like now, all of your peers are watching you. So there's just a sense, there's a heightened sense of anxiety and nerves. But the more you do anything talking about you running a radio show today, the more you get reps in anything, the more you play on the biggest stage, the more you play in front of the bright lights, the more you are the only game on TV, no matter what sport, 
It just becomes another game. And usually the team that can make it become another game the quickest ends up winning that game. So when you have the Warriors with all this playoff experience, now they're going up against a Sacramento in a Game 7 that's never been in a Game 7, all these kids for the Kings last year, and Steph goes for 50 and he wins the game. So it's just another game to him. You realize the consequences if you lose. You realize the ramifications. But it's just... It's more like, ah, I've been there, I've done that. It's a reality check. Any big moment in life that you have, the, the, the way to get through it, the healthiest way to get through it, is to step back and have a reality check. What is the worst thing that could happen right here? What's the worst thing that could happen if you had a bad radio show today? Like, you're going to be on the other side of the glass, your family's still going to love you, you're still, you have your health, you're 30 years old or almost 30 years old, you have a, a bright future in front of you. So whenever something becomes bigger than the moment, you take a step back outside your body and you look at it from a reality check. What if I strike out in this at-bat with the bases loaded in the ninth inning? I'm still going to go back to the clubhouse. I still have my job. Life is going to go on. When you look at it through that lens and you've been there and done that so many times and you have the resume that these guys have, they're all playing with house money. Do they want their legacy? Do they want to win five? Do they want to win six? Do they want to be up there Magic and Jordan and all these guys? Of course. Of course, Steph wants to be in that. Of course, Clay wants to be in that conversation, and Draymond, and Steve Kerr, who's got 100 rings, nine if I'm not mistaken, five as a player, four as a coach. But, yeah, it's a reality check. Yeah. And these younger teams and these younger players, they don't have that reference. They don't have that in their resume. They don't, if they lose, they feel like their life's going to be over. And it just comes with experience. It comes yeah. from been there, done that. And that's the thing with the Warriors. I mean, they kind of got those those setbacks out of the way early. And there was the loss against the Spurs and, and the 2013 run. Uh, falling short against the Clippers, they were able to get those scars. And, yeah, I kind of do agree with what Nick was saying there yesterday in that, you know, yeah, a lot of these younger teams, the Thunder, the Timberwolves, these, you know, the Kings, you know, they still have that, you know, they haven't, if they haven't built up that ability to take that step back, see the hay that's already in the barn, see the house money they already have, uh, that is a, a major advantage the Warriors do have when we talk about, you know, there is a way they can do it. I do feel that veteran savvy is enough to get the Warriors through these one playoff series. I thought it got them through that Kings series last year, just in terms of they knew how to handle a game seven a lot more than the Kings did. Um, and so I think that if you're talking about reasons, keep the big three together, just, just that alone, the, the ability, the comfort they have together on the biggest stage I think is an absolutely great reason to do that. Uh, I do want to go back out to the lines, though, and I want to talk to Mark in Milbray about keeping the big three together. Mark in Milbray, what do you got for us today? Kind of rhymes. What's up, guys? Yeah, to me, to me, it uh, it boils down to if play. I'm taking the title every time. Clay's got to recognize where he is in terms of uh, at this point in his career, and not to let his ego get in the way. And not just take the most amount of money because he can he he can choose his path as a free agent after the season. And if he realizes he can be a great six man for this Warrior team going forward, and not just look at the shining part of starting for some bad team because they gave you a max deal, uh, I would like to keep the the core together. But to me, ultimately, it boils down to winning a title. And Curry has got to realize. I think he realizes that as well as we got one of the best owners in all sports, Joe Lacob. And Draymond put his ego aside, even as contentious he can be sometimes, taking less money to stay here uh, than leaving elsewhere. And I feel like if the Warriors have this core, they can win a title. Remember, guys, even last year, they had the Lakers on a ropes. I'll never forget the damn Lonnie Walker game. 
They have the Lakers on the road. Should have been back in the. And yeah, exactly. Oh, you're a, a guy from the youth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they 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 should have been back there. But I think if you look at this point, they're making a run. The emergence of uh, Kaminga, who I think is we're all seeing can be a an ascending superstar. Uh, Podemski can be an absolute stud on this team. Trey Saxon Davis. So you're bringing in this young core of new guys, and we know Lakeup is going to upgrade the roster to compete. I think this point, you make a run, you can get that seven, maybe eight seed. If you get Minnesota, OKC in the first round, besides Denver, who's to say that the Warriors cannot match up and beat any of these teams? I mean, I know they kicked a lot of games in the lead, but with the way they've been playing and locked in now, with the second half rough stretch run into the, the playoffs, I mean, outside of Denver, guys, who's to say they can't beat anything? So as long as we have Joe Lacob and, and Curry in place, with the supporting young cast of new stars, I think this Warrior team is a legit starter. So I don't think the run is over, and I just hope that Clay recognizes he's more beloved here and more valuable to the Warriors than he is going to some bad team just because they gave you more money to to start. So I hope they retire together, guys. But I think we were we're blessed because we finally nailed our young picks. Thanks for the time, fellas. Love what you had there, Mark. Uh, a couple things that I really liked. He said I really loved how he kind of I, I kind of agree with him outside the Nuggets, who really does scare you in the West. Um, I would kind of throw the Clippers in there right now, which I, I hate saying that. The, the, the Clippers are probably one of my least favorite sports organizations in, in all of sports, uh, professional or amateur. I, I hate the Clippers so much. Um, but So it, it pains me to say that they're a legitimate obstacle in the Warriors' pathway because they're the only team, I would say, uh, aside from the Nuggets and aside from the Warriors, that kind of have those the veteran presence on that team with Harden, Westbrook, Kawhi, Paul George. Uh, to where you're not going to see them shrink on the biggest stage. Um, interesting though, what he says, uh, FP, about the Joe Lakeup factor. And uh, you know, when I when I growing up as a Warrior fan, obviously when they were owned by Chris Cohen, you never had faith in that ownership. You never had faith that the people calling the shots were going to make a decision that would put the team on a better path. Just the fact that Joe Lakeup is calling the shots here, though, I mean, it, how much of, of a confidence fact as a fan? Knowing that a guy like him's calling the shots, do we believe really kind of believe and trust that if he did move off Clay and Dre, that he would be able to, you know, along with Mike Dunleavy, go out and 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 bring guys in who could again replace Clay and Draymond? Like how how what is the faith level that Warriors fans have in Joe Lacob, do you think? You wouldn't believe how many owners of major league sports teams don't care about winning. There's owners it. that care about winning. And there's owners that want to make money. And everybody obviously wants to make money, but I'm talking about priority number one. I would say 90% of owners at the highest level want to make money. And that's their number one goal. And they'll put a product out there that appeases the fan base that's just good enough. But the bottom line is, whether it's an investment and they own the team for 10 years and they watch their stock go from, I don't know, $400 million to $2.7 billion and they sell it like a stock... And that's their goal, but when you Gotta get when you get the 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 one percenters maybe even that their number one goal is to win, and they don't care how much money they spend, dude. That's a beautiful thing. It doesn't happen very often. The George Steinbrenners, they're not they're they're they don't they don't grow on trees. The the the, the owners that that don't care about the bottom line, and or they or their bottom line is to have a parade. Those don't exist. Joe Lacob is that guy. Like he's going to do whatever he can to win another title. He doesn't care about 
the, the, the salary cap or how much money he's spending or luxury tax this or whatever. So when you have an owner like that as a fan, you have to be super grateful, super thankful that you do because they don't exist, dude. They'll say they do. They'll say publicly, the yeah, we want to win and our goal is to win a championship. But to actually show you and do that, Fans are not dumb, dude. Especially the modern day fan. They they know if their owner's sincere. They know if their owner based on who you sign, how much you pay guys, who you bring in. Like you and and to me, a good owner, a great owner, is the one that wants to win number one, doesn't care what he wants to spend number two. And this I might be ranking these wrong, by the way. And number three lets his coach his coach. I agree. Your job is to sign checks. Your job is to be supportive of your coach's coach and and your general manager, your president to do their thing. And you have to have confidence and you can't micromanage. The the most dangerous owner in all of sports is the one that knows just enough about the sport to think that they know everything about the sport and they've got their hands and everything. And that's when you get like, well, what's my job here? And what's my job here? And he's doing this and it just gets all convoluted. Let's take a step back, trust the people you hired to do their jobs, that they're going to put the right people in place Trust that if you come to me with something, I'm going to say yes or no. But like, I'm in this to win it, and that's that's what the Warriors have, and, and that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, that's my favorite thing about Joe Lacob is that yeah, he does get it. He understands that the best way to make money is to win, and that everything will fix itself later on. Winning is expensive. He pays a lot of money to win, but he also knows that again, you got to risk it to get the biscuit. And seven point seven billion dollars is what the Warriors are worth right now. Yeah. 7.7 7 billion. Like they have the financial wherewithal to, to keep this thing going. And Joe Lacob has the business sense, the basketball sense to keep this thing going. And that's what gives me the most confidence about the Warriors going forward. Like, you know, I, I, I kind of, you know, wring my hands a little bit about what the post Steph years will look like. Um, I don't want to see them regress into, into the days of suck. Um, the one thing that gives me hope that that won't happen is because you got a guy like Joe Lacob calling the shots. Uh, one of the best ways things of it were the best, Descriptions of Joe Lacob I've ever heard, which was very early on in his tenure with the Warriors. Uh, I believe this was right after he had moved off of Mark Jackson. The line I read, it was in the Chronicle, I forget who wrote it. Um, they said that Joe Lacob has always been known as a man who gets what he wants. Like he always figured like, that that's the drive he has. Um, I've heard he's a very incredibly difficult person to work with. He's a very tenacious boss to work for. Um, but that's how he gets the best out of out of his employees. Uh, and and it's that standard that you set that extremely high level of excellence. We are going to win. That is number one. Everything else comes second. You talk about, you know, what makes a great owner. What I think makes a great owner is you sign checks and you shut the heck up. Now, Joe Lacob, he doesn't shut up a lot. And you know what? I don't care. Joe Lacob's earned the right to talk as much as we want. Uh, You know, on this show, we were talking about, you know, uh, how we felt about Jed York talking uh during super bowl media week is you know is that okay that he's talking now do you like that he's kind of coming out and and being so you know telling the story about you know how they knew in training camp that you know it was going to be brock over trey lance and and all this stuff and you know bonte was like yeah i don't mind i don't mind hearing from the owner shasky was a little you know wishy-washy not really wanting to hear from the owner joe lacob he could talk whenever jed i don't want to hear from you until after the season like that's just like you're quiet all year round. You only say that you know we only hang championship banners, and then you're going out and you know telling these Brock Purdy stories as if you know you already got a win coming. Like Jed, you're not at, at Joe Lakeup level yet. Uh, the ownership group with the Giants, Greg Johnson, Larry Bear. I, I don't want to ever hear them speak ever, like at all. Like Larry can talk at like you know the the events that we have at the ballpark when we're retiring numbers or honoring past teams, stuff like that. 
Um, but like Greg Johnson can't go nine words without saying he wants to break even financially. I don't want to hear that at all. Owner's money, I don't care about it. Billionaire's money, I don't care about it at all. You're a billionaire. Your job is to make this team win baseball games or football games or basketball games, whatever team it is that you own. And Joe Lacob understands that through and through. And that alone right there is, yeah, if if, you're, if, if the decision is to keep the big three together and Joe Lacob signs off on that, then I feel like, you know what? He's going to do what he can to make sure that that decision is a decision that ends in a championship. That's what makes Joe Lacob so special. Uh, you are listening to 95.7 The Game, KGMZ FM, HD1 San Francisco. Uh, don't forget that you can also watch us every day on our YouTube and Twitch streams. Just log on and search 95.7 The Game. Be sure to like and subscribe to the channel while you are there. Ring that bell so you can get some notifications too uh, whenever we go live as well. Uh, brought to you by First NorCal Credit Union. Upgrade your savings dividend. Opened a First NorCal First Class Money Market today. Shout out to the Comcast Business Text Line. And uh, big reminder here, everybody, because it is Wednesday. That means that it is a Warriors Wednesday. And that is brought to you by Freedman's Pl- Appliance, a trusted name since 1922. Visit Freedman'sAppliance.com today. 1922, Giants won the World Series that year. How's that for uh, some fun knowledge? Um, when I want to get back into these calls here. Uh, we're talking a little bit of Warriors here. We are going to switch gears to baseball in a little bit. Uh, FP and I, we were we were chatting about a, a fun little baseball topic during one of the breaks earlier, and uh, FP, I brought it up to you, and you said, oh, definitely bring that up, because I got some stuff I want to get into on that one. So we are going to get to that in a second. Rich and Sacramento, though, uh, how are we feeling about keeping the Warriors Big 3 together? How important is loyalty to the Big 3 to you? Hey, yo, what's up, guys? Thanks for taking my call, and... um. Just um, lay it straight. I'm from the Bay. I grew up from the Bay. I made the jump um, right before everything popped off in the last couple of years. So um, my roots are deep in the Bay. I'm um, I'm back here in King's Country, and so I'm still repping everything I, I grew up with. And so this topic is it hits deep. Um, I'm 44, so I went through the dark days when we were just trying to hit 100, getting that free chalupa. And so back then it was easy. You're just having fun. You know, great time out, and it's all good. So we fast forward now, joy light, um, light years, and we hit that warp speed, but everybody caught up. And I think memories are great, and hitting, keeping the big three is, is, is key. But I'm here about the chips. I think if Steph, if Steph wants a ring and we can do breaking it up, I think that's the way we got to go. As a fan, I think keeping them together for themselves, and respectfully, it can be selfish. If you're a pro, you can win as a pro. Um, but if we just hold on to memories and we continue to do it that way, yeah, we can be happy. Take care of you for so long. It's a good point there, Rich in Sacramento. Thank you very much for your call there. Um, again, we, we've been talking about this morning. A lot of it is what matters more. Does it uh, is it more important for the Warriors to keep the big three together, or is, should you just go all in and uh, just? you know, move off the big three and just, it's all about getting Steph Curry one more ring. Uh, I think there's good arguments to be made for either side. Um, not a whole lot of people called in to want to break up the big three. And I think that's the, the emotional aspect that, uh, that fans are feeling here. Um, it's just more fun to, to ride off into the sunset with, with the guys that you love. It feels like that's, that's why the, the big get kind of takeaway that I'm getting, I'm getting here. Um, but again, if if you do, it would be sweeter again if they do get that one more ring with the big three, obviously. Um, but uh, the last thing I kind of want to throw in here, and, and before we move off this subject, is 
you know, we're, we're talking about who you add on uh, around these guys, but look at it kind of the, the pieces already internally within this team. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm focusing on Brandon Pajemski, who, you know, we played the sound earlier in the show where we talked about wanting to succeed the role that Steph has. Um, but then you also have Jonathan Kaminga there. You're, if, if I told you that the, the future of the Warriors is going to be built around those two guys, and that future is going to be kind of born from the ashes of this current dynasty. Does that feel like a, like a plausible path for the Warriors? Like a, a future where Kaminga and Pajemski are the beginning of that next kind of core run? Does that kind of... Yeah, why not? I mean, Kaminga is stepping up to become an all-star caliber player. Pajemski going to be an all-star. Really? You think Pajemski got all-star in him? Yeah, absolutely. He said he, he's making his goal. Guys like that with that kind of mentality and that kind of makeup, if they say that out loud, that they make things happen. So, yeah, he said he wants to be an all-star. He wants to play on Sunday. He said that at the Rising Stars game, and I think someday he will be an all-star. I don't know when. He's 20 years old. And you talk about the, the youth, and these guys are just kind of getting it, and they're just – Kaminga's just kind of getting it, and – yeah, I mean, why not have this be the core, those two guys, and build around them as as Steph figures? I don't even want. It's like it's like thinking about Kype and Crook finishing and and not doing it anymore. When you think about Steph and Clay and Draymond not doing it anymore, it's hard to it's fathom. It's so yeah. ingrained in your in in your in your sports psyche that that even me saying it on air. Like I almost said, like his Steph kind of fades away. Like that, that's that's hard to even like wrap your brain around, man. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it was hard just to wrap our brains around, you know, seeing the Giants without Buster Posey, and as hard as that was to deal with, in, in the gap, in the in the in the the impact that his absence had, I can't even imagine what's going to be like with 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 Steph and Curry. Um, you know, and I'll throw you know, I would have liked to see a little bit more Trace Jackson Davis in that future too. Um, hopefully he gets a little bit more run here in this in the second. Yeah, what do you got? But from an excitement standpoint, and me wanting to watch a Warriors game, if if Pajemski and and, and Kaminga keep developing, I want to watch those guys play. Mm-hmm. I want to tune in to watch that game. That's an that's entertainment for me. Yeah. And when you talk about, um, well, the future is always kind of like an entertaining concept because it's like there's there's like when you see Pajemski going out there and, and balling out. You see Kaminga dropping those slams. It's hard not to get giddy because it's just like, oh man, if this is the future, like you start seeing that vision come together. I think that's where the excitement really comes in. They're just exciting players. It's not about the future. It's not about what this could be. It's about what it is. It's it's about watching Kaminga high flying dunk and, and being aggressive in, in how he's learning when to cut, where to cut, how he's playing defense, the effort he's given on a nightly basis, the fact that he can make a three pointer, that he's becoming a complete player, the fact that Pajemski is confident and cocky and he plays the game hard and he's diving and he's getting rebounds and he can make a three pointer, he can pass he, he, and he believes in himself. That those are people I want to watch. It's exciting when I turn on the Niners and I get. To see Debo and I get to see Ayuk and I get to see Purdy and I get to see Kittle and I get to see McCaffrey and I get to see Warner and Dre Greenlaw. Like that's exciting. It's entertaining to me. I mean, when you turn on the Giants, you turn on the Giants. They need to become more exciting. They need to be more entertaining. Mm-hmm. They need to be those two things that I just said with those two teams. Like the the entertainment factor has to be there for the Giants in the corner of third and king this year, like it is for the other two teams. So when you're talking about maybe sad topics of those guys retiring, I'm I'm perfectly okay with watching these two kids go at it and then building around those guys. Yeah, especially Kaminga. I mean, he's the guy who, again, he was the, the highest draft pick that they've made uh, recently after James Wiseman got traded away. He has the build. He just has all the whole skill set to where I... 
I, I'm very excited for Kaminga. I definitely think he is a guy who could be a foundational piece going forward. Uh, you're seeing him really blossom this year. And Steve Kerr really starting to stick with him uh, in, in the lineup more often. It's been one of the best developments, I think, so far in the first half of this NBA season. Um, I do like that you brought up uh, the entertainment factor of uh, young guys and the Giants because I do want to get into some Giants talk on the other side. Uh, pitchers and catchers uh, have reported they are doing full squad workouts this week down in Scottsdale. Uh, we got uh, a whole new whole new manager. We got a whole new center fielder in Jung Hoo Lee. Uh, we got a whole new catcher in Patrick Bailey. Uh, if you just take a look at what he looks like, he looks like a completely different guy. Uh, 25 pounds uh, heavier coming into this year, trying to be more durable uh, going into this next season. So, And then also FP... Um, uh, a couple breaks ago, I asked for your thoughts on this standoff that's going on between the GMs of baseball and Scott Boris regarding the what's being called the Boris Four. Uh, Cody Bellinger, Matt Chapman, Blake Snell, and Jordan Montgomery, the four biggest names still left on the market. Why aren't they being signed? What is going on here? Is there some behind-the-scenes texting that the GMs are doing? You know, hey, don't give in, don't give in, hold the line. A little something like that. I kind of want to get into that. Um, you know, maybe getting some baseball conspiracies a little bit. I don't know. Um, but we'll be doing some Giants talk uh, on the other side. All of this that is coming up on the game is brought to you by the In at the Tides, relaxing days, stunning sunsets. Winter is magical in Bodega Bay. Come experience it all at the wonderful Inn at the Tides. Winter midweek rates start at just $179 per night. Oh, might have to jump on that. Um, and include breakfast and a bottle of wine upon arrival. If you give me a bottle of wine upon arrival anywhere, I am probably going to have a good time. Uh, book ahead at inatthetides.com. This is Sam Lubman. He is FP Santangelo. We are the Morning Roast. The station is 95 cents in the game. We'll be back on the other side. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.